You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Transforming suffering into awakening. In this episode, Eckhart talks with a live audience about the paradox of suffering and awakening. He says the ego, in its attempt to strengthen itself, creates distress and eventually brings about its destruction. For many, this cycle can be the catalyst to awaken. If we had not suffered, we would not find transformation. And Eckhart says, the paradox is a good thing. People have told me that they were given a book like Power of Now or New Earth by a friend or relative 10 years ago, and they looked at it and say, what is that stuff? Who writes this thing? And they put it on the shelf, and then they got on with their lives, and then they suffered a bit more. They had another failed marriage, and then they lost their job, and then the stock market crashed, and then they developed an illness, and suddenly the, the pressure of suffering created a crack in the shell of ego. It became so much, and then a, a day came when suddenly they were, oh, God, and they picked up the book again, and then they were, oh, my God, now I understand it. That is the first spiritual awakening. It would not have happened if this human had not gone through this period of intense suffering. A lot of it may have been and probably was self-created by the ego. <laughs> the dreadful marriage, the continuous fighting in their job, at their workplace, continuous negative states towards other humans and so on. All, all the suffering that, that generates whatever they experience as their reality, self-created to a large extent. And then an illness, now you could say maybe the illness was not self-created, maybe there is a correlation between their state of consciousness and the illness, which is sometimes the case, it may not be every illness. But sometimes, of course, if you live in continuous negativity, in continuous stressful negativity, even mainstream medicine recognizes that stress and negativity is an important factor in the arising of illness. So the suffering is self-created. So it's a little paradox here. The ego, in its attempt to survive and strengthen itself and enhance itself, creates suffering. That is the unobserved mind, that is the ego. But the suffering that the ego creates eventually leads to the destruction of the ego. This is almost a little paradox, so that's a good thing. So you could say that ultimately, and seen from a higher perspective, the fact that humans have to go through the suffering is actually part of the 
whole, which is ultimately benevolent. But when you look at it from only a lower perspective, it certainly does not look benevolent. When you look at it from a higher perspective, you see that there is a reason why things happen. I can say that, and many of you know that. You don't have to believe in that. Many of you can verify what I'm saying by reference to your own life. If you had not gone through the suffering that you have gone through, you would not be here. There may be a few advanced souls here who may be 20 years old only or, or 18 or 25, and you're such advanced souls that you have not experienced significant suffering, and nevertheless, you're here. No, that can have two reasons. Well, maybe more than two. I can only see two at the moment. That can have two reasons. Either you've already gone through intense suffering in many other lifetimes, you don't need it anymore. Ah. <laughs> or you have some ego image of yourself as a very advanced spiritual being. <laughs> And therefore, you would like to add it to your self-image. <laughs> and you can then post uh, to the world that you are now attending a spiritual conference. Uh, look at me, I'm here. I'm not implying that everybody who has mentioned in their Facebook posts or tweets <laughs> is necessarily in is necessarily a reflection of that stage. It might just be an innocent fact. Why not mention the fact that you had a conference? If there's no self-identification with it, it's perfectly fine. But the question is, is there a self-enhancement through it? Does the conceptual image that you have and want to present to the world enhanced by that? Self-observation is vital because the new consciousness arises only if the individual recognizes that you can only change the world by changing the state of human consciousness. That's why all the communists went wrong, all the people who want to bring in a new government go wrong. All these things will do nothing if there is not a shift in consciousness. You will only recreate the same thing again and again and again. And that change in consciousness must, there's only one place where it can happen, and that's in you. And that implies that you practice self-observation. That is an essential part of the change in consciousness. To practice self-observation implies that there is enough presence or awareness in you from where you can self-observe. And in almost all of you, there is. Maybe not all the time, but there is enough to have brought you here, and that is quite a bit. So is there enough presence in you so that you can self-observe your own motivations, your own thought structures? What are the habitual thoughts that I think? So that you are not drawn continuously into every thought that comes and follow it where it wants to take you. One little thought comes in about your life, oh, and then another thought, and you follow it, oh, oh no. Uh, and then before you know it, you're 
more thoughts come and then other conflicting thoughts and no, no, that's not how it is. Yes, it is. No. Uh, uh, oh, I can't take any more. And you believe in that thought too, that you can't take any more. <laughs> you like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the ability to, to observe non-judgmentally what goes on inside you, there is awareness, there needs to be awareness. So that is self-knowledge. Self-knowledge means it's really not so much on knowing on a conceptual level what happened to you in the past and trying to understand the past, the story of me. I need to investigate the story of me. There is a place for that for in certain cases. You may want to understand what happened, why you acted, or your, what your parents did to you and come to an understanding, your limited understanding of that. But ultimately, the arising of the new consciousness it's not a, a better conceptual understanding of anything. It's not a better conceptual understanding of who you are. It goes beyond any concept. Awareness in itself does not necessarily imply immediately that you understand more about yourself. In fact, as you become more aware in yourself, the need to understand my life and work it out diminishes. <laughs> so the compulsion to also to understand every other human being that you meet immediately formulate certain judgments and conclusions about that other human being and the urge to immediately form judgments and conclusions about any situation that you encounter and then this is how it is and then you have a narrative that develops in the mind and then you're telling yourself the narrative about who you are, who they are and how it all is. You've all met people like that and once you were like that yourself and perhaps still occasionally that, that comes back and you go it's good to act it out a bit because then you can recognize it. Uh, That's not presence, that's absence. It's, it's, it's called absence. The opposite of presence, of course, is absence. That means you are not there. You are not there. All that's there pretending to be you is the egoic mind, the conceptual mind. And so that mind says, it's me and my life. So what arises then is the awareness, which means as it arises, 
it seems at first that you know less than before because you no longer compulsively immediately interpret everything conceptually, every human being you encounter and your own life. The compulsion to judge continuously isn't there. And so it seems at first, and the, the egoic mind will, may come in and say, oh, wait a minute, you don't know what's going on anymore if you don't, if you don't judge it. You don't, you, who knows who that person is? If you don't judge it, he, he could be your enemy. He could be out to deceive you. You better be careful, you need to judge. But then he said, no. And so I understood when I was reading Plato's works, as you may know, I don't know how many people these days read Plato, but he reports in his works what Socrates taught, how faithfully he recorded what Socrates taught, we don't know. But one certain thing seemed to be, because Socrates never wrote anything, Certain things, however, seem genuine, and there's especially one statement that Socrates made that's often repeated by Plato, and that is this. When uh, somebody went to the oracle at Delphi in ancient Greece, and the oracle said, who is the wisest man on the planet or in the world? The oracle said, Socrates is the wisest. Okay, they heard this, then they, they went to Athens where Socrates was and said, oh, oh, listen, the oracle at Delphi said you are the wisest of all men. Why is that? And Socrates said, I am the wisest because I'm the only one who knows that he knows nothing. <laughs> I'm the only one who knows that he knows nothing. Uh, on another occasion he said, I'm wise because I know that I know nothing. And then people later, they read it over the centuries, and most people interpret it as kind of a feigned modesty. And they say, of course he knows what does it, he knows a lot, but he just says it, it's, it's, it's a feigned modesty. It's a, in other words, it's ego. <laughs> but that's not how it is. It describes a state of consciousness out of which his enormously creative teaching, his deep insights arose. It describes the very foundation of the state of, of, what, the, of what ultimately is the state of spacious awareness or presence. And that state is one of actually cessation of mind activity without loss of consciousness. So every of the so-called dialogues of Socrates, and the way it's reported by Plato is not absolutely correct, because I know exactly, maybe I was there, I don't know, but I know <laughs> how Socrates always started. He started his Socratic dialogues with just not knowing. And then he begins to ask questions. And through questions, the knowing gradually arises. He does not start with already accumulated knowledge. So it starts from the, he was comfortable with the state of not knowing. In other words, he was rooted in the state of pure awareness. In your pure awareness, conceptually, of course, you don't know anything. When, when your mind stops, 
for example, now, if I, I stop speaking now, you're still here too, we can do it together. I stop speaking for a few seconds, and as I stop speaking, do you need to fill that space between me stopping to speak and starting to speak again? Do you need to fill that space with thought, or are you able to simply be present in that space? In other words, are you able to just simply be, don't suppress thought, it doesn't work. You can't hold your breath and say, I must not think. <laughs> that might work, but, but then thinking will come even up, up even more strongly once you start breathing again. <laughs> so it's not that, you can't hold down thought. It's a pure shift into a more alert state of consciousness. Alert. Alert means, okay, now acting out alertness. I'm not just acting it out. When I look at you in this weird way, I'm not thinking. And when you look at me looking at you in this weird way, you also could experiment with that and see whether, as I stop speaking now for 10 seconds, you can just be in that space of pure awareness where you take in sense perceptions against the background of awareness. And you might notice that in that space, you don't know anything. You don't even know your name. <laughs> because your name is a thought. You don't know anything in that space. And yet, you are there, conscious, present, without any movement in the mind. That's presence. That was Socrates' state when he said, I know that I don't know anything, because in that state you know that you don't know anything, and there are no words in it. Now don't confuse that, which is a state of rising above thinking. Don't confuse that with falling below thinking, which can be nice too, if you are tortured on a daily and nightly basis by your mind to fall below thinking can be a relief. But that's not why we are here. Otherwise I would be offering you all kinds of substances <laughs> to help you fall below thinking. You can drink and smoke and go, ah, feels so good. Don't have to think anymore. Oh, a bit more of that and a bit more of that. Oh, oh. <laughs> so that's where eventually that takes you. That's a relief. You can experience the same relief when you get tired at night. There's a moment when you're still conscious, but when you're, you're too tired to think about your problems. So you're not being tortured by your mind, as it to usually tortures you for most of the day. You're not tortured by your mind and the approach of sleep feels delicious. <laughs> and you are not thinking. Oh, I wish I could stay here is the last thought that you have. <laughs> oh. And then you go off. And then you wake up in the morning and your eyes open and for a few seconds you go, 
10 seconds maybe, 20. And then the machinery of the mind starts creaking. What time is it? <laughs> What's my first appointment today? Oh no, now I have to deal with that, oh God. And then I have to meet that obnoxious person at 11. And there you are, gone. There was a moment of presence, and perhaps in that moment, when you woke up, you had risen above thought. When you went to sleep, you were falling below thought. When you woke up, perhaps for 10 seconds, you were on a le level above thought. And that is a level where you look at the world with that bright eyes and you, pure innocent perception, and everything is alive. You can sense the aliveness in everything. And the world is good at this moment. And you have no problems. And then, that's present moment. Awareness is present moment awareness. It's always implied. When we use the term awareness, present moment is implied. Because you can only be aware in the present moment. Awareness is presence. And then you lose the present moment. You lose awareness because your consciousness is being absorbed by thinking. It sucks up all your consciousness, like some parasite, psychic parasite living inside you that sucks up all. I need more, I need to think more. And then you have this monstrous thing in your head, and you think it's you. And it talks all the time. Not necessarily out aloud, it talks in here. And you can have discussions in here too. And you're identified with it, the unconscious state. Lack of awareness, complete absence, you are not there. So the revolutionary, incredible thing that's, that is the the essence of the new consciousness that arises, a new evolutionary stage for humanity, which we are on the way towards it, even if, just to come back to what I said earlier, I might have lost the thread, even if we have to go through another episode of intense self-created suffering on a huge scale, which is not impossible, even if humanity has to go through that, the awakening consciousness is not lost. It will then, when humanity regenerates, it will quickly arise again, the same consciousness that's arising in you now, and bring about the collective awakening. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. 
Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Are we going to experience another dark age? Maybe. But what's a thousand years? Not much. Even two thousand years, not that much. So I'm very optimistic. <laughs> consciousness will prevail because consciousness is the purpose of the universe. It, the universe is there's an impulse, an evolutionary impulse towards consciousness in the universe. So all is well. And now it's up to you, now we come to the really, what really matters, to change the world. We've already seen it cannot be done unless there is that shift in consciousness in the individual human. And that begins with you and it takes place every moment of your life and you use every opportunity and whatever arises in your life as part of that. And sometimes you forget, that's fine. Sometimes you get taken over again by the mind completely, the ego arises again, that's fine, and then you wake up again. So for many of you, it's you you wake up and you fall to sleep periodically. It's a, the new, your present, and then the old, your absent. And then you wake up again. And that's fine. That's part of the, for most people, that is part of the awakening process. And gradually, the periods of time when you're awake, present, lengthens. You're awake for longer than before. And the ability challenges and other unconscious humans to pull you into unconsciousness decreases. Always there are two ways, well maybe more than two, let's just say two. There are two ways of finding out whether you are making progress on the spiritual path, because it might be interesting to know, because you could be deluding yourself, but there are two ways of finding out. One is, how do you deal with challenges? How do you deal with difficult people and situations that arise on a small scale every day, on a larger scale occasionally? How do you, do they pull you into reactivity and ego? How do you meet the challenges of life? How do you meet a difficult person or difficult situation? Do they pull you into unconsciousness, into upset, negativity? There's a line in The Course in Miracles that says, I'm never upset for the reason I think. So when you're upset because you're stuck in a traffic jam, that's not the real reason why you're upset. You're upset because you're disconnected from yourself. <laughs> you're upset because you're only up in your mind. 
you're disconnected from the essence of who you are, which is awareness, which is presence. If you were connected with who you are in your essence, you would not be upset in a traffic jam. And if you were deeply connected with the essence of who you are, you would not be upset if you got home and you saw your house had collapsed. Oh, the house is gone. <laughs> no, that would be a, a big test. If you pass that, then... Uh, Now, that life is great because life will not leave you alone. <laughs> you might have noticed when you think you have removed, you've solved the problems here, another one crops up there. And then you deal with that, and while you deal with that, another thing collapses here. And then you, why can't I ever, why can things not always work? The thing, things should work all the time. To some extent, you can improve your life, of course, through changing your state of consciousness, through living more positively, through practicing gratitude, which brings you into the present moment, acknowledgement of beauty, and that will change your life. There's an enormous amount you can do, and it works. But even then, your life will continue to challenge you, because life will say, he or she hasn't gone deep enough yet. There needs to be more intense presence, so I'll give him or her another challenge. And then the moment comes when you might say, I can't take any more. Why don't you leave me alone? Whether you call it life or God, doesn't matter. Say, God, you've gone too far this time. <laughs> I can't take any more. And of course, I can't take any more is, is a thought in your head and if you believe in it, it feels very bad. And if you don't believe in it, all it is, it's a noise in your head which says, I can't take any more. And of course, it's not true. You can take a lot more in the right way if you're conscious. So how do you respond to challenges? Observe yourself. What situations cause upset? big or small, and that's a reflection of your state of consciousness. Are you able to stay present in certain situations? And if you notice that certain situations in the past that caused you to be upset or negative reactions or angry or despondent or whatever, no longer cause you to be in that state, that is progress on the spiritual path. If you go to Thanksgiving dinner this year, and the remarks made by your relatives, parents, uncles, aunts, and so on, about politics or about you no longer upset you as, as they did for the past 20 years. The same thing they say to you, why do they say that? And suddenly you allow them to say whatever they say. It's fine, that's where they're at. That's right, what's wrong? And when your parents criticize you because you're not living your life that they imagined that you should be living, you no longer go, why can't you understand me? And you realize it matters not at all whether they understand you or not. Why not allow them to be as they are? You stay present. That's progress on the spiritual path. How do you deal with challenges? And challenges, will continue to come. That's the weird thing. 
And that's a wonderful thing, because if life did not give you challenges, you would not evolve. And that not only applies to humans, it applies to every life form on the planet. Life is challenging for every plant and every tree and every animal on the planet. There's no doubt about that. It presents challenges for every species on the planet. And that is how consciousness grows, through being faced with challenges. And once you see that, you might recognize it in a movie. You wouldn't want to go to see a, watch a movie where the characters are not challenged by life. In other words, you, let's say you go to a cinema and the movie begins and nothing goes wrong. <laughs> and then you would say after 15 minutes, this is not an interesting movie, there's nothing going wrong. Almost any movie, something needs to go wrong, otherwise there is no movie. Because it's only if things go wrong, the character gets challenged. And then something happens. Either the challenge is resolved on an external level, which is a not so good movie, which means the, the bad guy is finally eliminated or put away. Or if the challenge is, if it's a good movie, the challenge with which the characters are faced brings about a change in the character. And in a very good movie, and there are not many of those, but some, the character becomes more conscious through the challenges. And then you might even want to see that movie again and again and again. It no longer depends, you already know what's going to happen, but that's secondary. You just enjoy the process of watching somebody awaken. <laughs> and as you watch somebody awaken, you somehow participate in that awakening. And it could even be a funny movie in addition to that. So, I've, one of my favorite movies, I'm sure most of you know it, Groundhog Day. <laughs> and I've watched that many times. And that, that shows somebody deeply unconscious and in suffering and suffering and suffering is stuck in the same day again and again and again and he can't get out. This is of course the state of the egoic state and then until finally something changes in him. Finally he comes to acceptance and surrender and becomes helpful by accepting and surrendering what is. He becomes helpful to other people. And then in the end, the same day, which is forced to repeat again and again, and he, he stuck in a place that he hates, in a town that he hates, doing what he hates, seeing people that he hates. <laughs> and, and finally, he can't stand the suffering anymore, and then he's not hating anymore, he just accepts. And then suddenly he experiences the same day differently. He begins to awaken. And in the end of the movie, he says, oh, this place is so nice, let's stay here. And then he's free to go. So that kind of movie that you want to watch many times because that is a rare thing. It shows the unconsciousness and then how a character by facing challenges ultimately self-created. And then there's a deepening that happens. And that's reflective of life. You would not want to see a movie when nothing goes wrong, but when things go wrong in your own life, implicitly you think this should not be happening. <laughs> the movie of my life should be such that nothing goes wrong.
I want it to be totally boring. <laughs> so people complain when, when what they love to watch in movies, when it happens to them, they complain. They think, this shouldn't be happening to me. So I'm talking about the challenges that are an inevitable part of your daily existence. And even as you awaken, you get challenged by the gravitational pull of the unconsciousness within yourself, but also in the form of other people around you and situations that you encounter. Your workplace, family members, relatives, friends. You are challenged by the unconsciousness of the world that you inhabit. And that's how it's meant to be. Now, you might develop a theory that if only the conditions in my life were more suited for my spiritual growth, all would be well. And then if you could devise a list of things that you need in order to facilitate your spiritual growth, you would say, okay, I have enough money to go to the most exquisite spa places in the world where I will have massages two or three times a day, live in absolute bliss through the most pure food imaginable. My needs are being met so that I can meditate if I want to. I can exercise my body, clean, pure air, not being disturbed by noises and things around me. Everything will be so beautiful. I can dedicate myself totally to, my, to, to being present. And if that became a reality, for a while you would be happy, and then you f after a while you would find yourself, you would find your level of presence decreasing. After a while. It can be nice as an interlude in your life for a week. It, it might be great. It's withdrawal and so on can be great. But if it's a if you think that that will facilitate your spiritual growth, the absence of challenges will facilitate your spiritual growth, you would be very much mistaken. You would eventually find yourself, your level of presence decreasing because it is not needed. Things are going too well. There's no challenge. Everybody is so nice. <laughs> of course, they're nice because you pay them. If you lived with them, they wouldn't be nice, but that's... <laughs> so you have enough money to pay all the people around you so that they can be nice to you. And you're not being challenged by these obnoxious humans anymore. And it would not ultimately facilitate your spiritual growth. And you may reach a moment after spending two years in this wonderful spa of longing to get back to your challenging life, if you even have enough consciousness even too long for something at that point. So the, what I'm really saying is whatever arises in your life is your practice. It is the practice designed for you. It is your spiritual path and particularly the challenges. So it's important to see that the importance of challenges difficulties, so-called problems, in, the in your evolutionary past. The absolute importance of that. So yet, it's important to see so that in your mind you no longer have the implicit assumption that these things should not be happening. If they are happening, 
it does not mean that they should not be happening. Only the mind can formulate that belief that something that is happening should not be happening. The entire history of the universe, since everything is interconnected, <laughs> the entire history of the universe since the Big Bang, if there was a Big Bang, the entire history of the universe has conspired to bring about the form that this moment takes for you. It's all connected. It comes out of this vastness of the universe, the vastness that we call past, but it's not really past. It's interconnected. You cannot separate one event and say, this event should not be happening. But the universe has brought it forth. There is an inevitability in anything that happens in the present moment. And you cannot change if, if it looks bad or undesirable. The quickest way to dissolve it is by coming to an, into an alignment with the present moment so you don't fight it. And this is how the state of presence arises through coming into alignment with the present moment. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, essential plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.